He tugged at his coat hardy to straighten its creases and scanned the streets. Did this man in the carriage know Jacob of Provençal? A chill rippled over him as he recalled where he had spotted the strange figure from last night. The physician was certain that this was his fabled golem, but in the light of day Crispin wasn't convinced. True, he had seen the figure with his own eyes, but eyes can be deceived or misdirected. It had been late, cold. One's imagination can thrive in the fertile ground of shadows and anxiety. What they had seen was not what they had thought, but Jacob was convinced it was. Why? He held much store by his Jewish magic, of course. Crispin shook his head at it, gullible. His thoughts fell again toward the son, the one who could not be as trusted as the father. Crispin swore, causing a young boy carrying a basket of eggs beside him to turn and give him the eye. Idiot, Crispin told himself. He should have searched their room. Well, there would be time for that once Lancaster made good on his promise to send that livery, if the Duke could be trusted. He sighed. Intrigues. They bedeviled him wherever he went, it seemed. The only thing worth trusting was facts. Facts stared you in the face. They did not try to deceive, yet even facts could be twisted. It took a judicious eye to winnow out what was fact from lies. So the facts of the case were these. Four dead boys. He could only make a judgment about the fourth boy, having witnessed the body for himself. He was a beggar or a servant. The other three he did not know, for the coroner's notes did not take such details into account. No child had been reported missing, which meant that these boys were alone and unwanted. But was that the case? Might it be that these boys came from afar and would not be missed for some time? If this were true, then their identities may never be known. Facts. Second, Jacob of Provençal claimed that stolen magic parchments unleashed a murderer into their midst. At this, Crispin scoffed.